This week, hackers disabled much of Las Vegas. Unity destroyed its own value. Microsoft had an AI nightmare. And the EU find TikTok. It's Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. And this is episode 655 of F5 Live, refreshing technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through our live streaming services, livestream.com, Twitch, our new friends on Kick, or YouTube, where you can join the community and get ad-free episodes of F5 Live and Pilchpoint. Thank you for making us a part of... Nope. Or on our website, plugitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are ways that you can do that. Normally, Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us. And there you can chat with us in the studio and give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're not able to join us live, that is okay. Plugkidslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll find all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Plugkids Live presents and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Now, I don't know what uh, our live viewers are seeing tonight, if you're seeing any jittering in the video. If so, I apologize. Uh, there's a reason why we're running tonight instead of on Sunday when we had everything scheduled. We had some computer problems, and we're currently running at half RAM. So the fact that it's running at all is pretty impressive. <laughs> By the next episode, we'll have everything uh, back up and running. So if you're seeing anything weird, I apologize. It is what it is for tonight. Anyway, uh, that's been my last couple of days, Avram. How have you been? Oh, a lot, a lot going on. Um, I'm working on a, a PC build, which I won't talk too much about because of work because it's something I'm covering, uh, and uh, I've had some some real frustrations there. Let's say. Um, I feel a little, I understand. I start acting weird. It's because I got a couple of, uh, shots today, like my flu shot, which always make you feel like a little weird and woozy, but, uh, you know, not, not, not bad. You know, lots, uh, lots to do, lots to work on, um, too much, I guess, which is always better than not enough. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's 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 uh, that, that's my story. I mean, I'm trying to, uh, like I said, challenging PC build for something that I'm testing. Um, some other uh, stuff, of course. Uh, I've worked a lot last week on a big AI story, which we'll talk about later. Uh, so, um, yeah, you know, it's been a it's been a week. Yeah, it's been a few. It's been a few. Uh, it's been a few days. How about you? You know, I totally understand having PC build issues. Yeah, it involves trying to fit a graphics card into 
something that's a kind of undersized uh, case. And um, oh, and 3D printer issues too. I got I have a new 3D printer here, which I would love to talk more about once I fix it. Um, uh, it is an absolutely fantastic 3D printer, but I met, but somehow, except for the fact that it is very, very, very difficult to clear printer jam, like jammed filament from it. Mm. And so I had to, I have to like, it has a special kind of nozzle and like the, the filament got stuck in the nozzle on like my third print with this printer. And there's like no way to get the filament out. Like I tried, like spent like six or seven hours trying to get the filament out in different ways. They like they had some, some you have to take care of that, take off the fan and take off the whole like the thermistor and all kinds of stuff. And then like trying to like, like if one of the recommendations they have is to take a blowtorch and blowtorch a wrench and try to stick it in there to melt the oh. filament, but that didn't work. Like trying to like jam it with needles, like trying to to shove it with a sharp screwdriver there was like no way to get the filament out of there so basically i had to get a new nozzle but a new nozzle and these are expensive nozzles but i had a spare one but now i have to it's that so it's very frustrating but at the same time once i get this printer working it's got some really cool features like uh it supports, I have the thing where it can support four colors at once, which is a big deal. Nice. Uh, it says it to four different filament rolls. And it also, if you're using only one filament roll, you can run it at high speeds up to like 500 millimeters a second, which is like 10 times as fast as, uh, as the standard printer. Although speed is becoming a thing in 3D printers now, where all the, print, all the new printers are going at like 300 to 500 millimeters a second versus what used to be 50, 50 or 60. So you're definitely getting, now the speeds are going up, like even on cheap ones are going up, um, you know, tenfold uh, or five or tenfold of what they were, you know, for the last few years. But, so this would be a good, this would be a good uh, post point one day. Uh, but still the next frontier uh, is, uh, is color, like multicolor because that's, I think, the biggest disappointment in 3D printing is, yeah, it takes a long time, but don't you want all your colors? You know, don't you want to have it, like, you know, we, I think, uh, you know, I've been alive long enough to remember when you couldn't print paper stuff in, mm-hmm. in color and what a cool thing it was when I finally got my color printer and I was like, yeah, I can print this. I don't know why I'm printing in color, but I, like, I, I would be doing, like, I assignments am. from school and be like, and, be, and, like, print out a color picture for the cover for no reason it was just like i have a color printer I'm using it for school productive purpose that's good that's a good enough reason <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so so i, I just right. gotta say here's here's what happened to me you ready for this yes get, i'm ready get getting ready for this show i've got a little bit of time i decide i'm gonna change the way this screen works because the screen in front of me is normally a direct output um, from a different video card that only has one channel on it. But I want it to be a production screen. I want to be able to see what's live, what's coming up, and a couple of other things. So I plug the mm-hmm. HDMI into the video card. That's it. 
somehow yeah. plugging an HDMI into the video card um, killed my RAM controller. Mm-hmm. So now I can only have one stick of RAM uh, on the board. Oh. If, if I have two, no. So here is its friend. <laughs> oh no, what kind of motherboard was it? Uh, MSI. No, 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 like what chipset? Oh, uh, what, what is it? AM4? It's a. No, that's third, the socket. Yeah. It's a third gen thread so rubber what, what, that's in it. Uh, oh, wait, that wouldn't be an AM4 then, because thread rubber. I don't think thread rubbers are AM4 socket, are they? I okay. thought thread rubber is another socket. I don't know. Because uh, I think that's T- TR4. Um, I believe you. All right. No, I, I just mentioned it. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. That was a lot of fun. Much, but that I remember. Uh, I hate when that happens. Yeah. S- two you know, seemingly unrelated things. So I'm on the phone with my brother. As time is ticking down to the show, and we're pulling the video card out, we, there's another card in there. That's uh, for SDI. It's a production video card. That thing's gotten ripped out. We're going through this whole thing. And then I go, hey, there's a debug screen on this motherboard. (laughs) So it says uh, zero delta. We're like, oh, that's RAM. (sighs) So anyway. I'm running on one stick of RAM tonight. So, like I said, if things are a little shaky tonight, that's why. Uh, But we'll get through it. And um, speaking of getting through it, we have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. So, let's get down to it. If you are on Facebook or uh, Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it today, you're about to go dark. Time for you to join us over at f5live.tv slash join us or uh, directly on Twitch. And uh, we'll see you over there. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, tablet, Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. Remember, Current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So we've got an interesting cybersecurity story this week. Um, Las Vegas came to a halt last week. Um because of a semi-sophisticated hacking job um, that was carried out by a more sophisticated social engineering job. Um, All of MGM stopped. (laughs) A couple of weeks ago, apparently Caesars Entertainment saw the same thing. Turns out it was all from the same uh, hacking group whose name has escaped me. It's something with a double S. Scattered Spider. That's the one. Scattered Spider, Scattered Spider, right? Yeah, that's the one. Um, it's a group of young kids, 19 to 22 mostly, um, 
and they've had some high-profile hacks, almost none of them using actual hacks. Almost everything they've done so far has been because of social engineering. If you don't know what social engineering is, that is hacking a person rather than a computer. So in the case of MGM, here's how they did it. Somebody went on LinkedIn, clickety-clack, went looking for somebody that worked at an MGM hotel in Las Vegas, got their name, then called the help desk and said, I'm LinkedIn person. I've, I'm not on site. My password's not working. Can you reset it for me? And they did. That was it. A 10-minute phone call. So, but when you said, can you reset it for me, though, did they not reset it to that person's phone, use a factor of authentication for that, like the person's phone or their email? So they have already possibly had access to the IT provider. And the reason I say that is they did with Caesars. So my guess is that this one went similarly. They, they pulled something very similar at the IT provider for Caesars that got them into the network. My guess is this was somewhere in that vicinity, but no, there does not appear to be any evidence that any 2FA or anything like that was involved. They just reset the password. They're like, hey, can you reset it to blah, blah, blah? And from what I can tell, somebody went and reset the password. So, so... So what? So so I see. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I don't think either of us have all the details that we would want to to sure. to speak about this with great authority. And we but, never will. Uh, but I, and we probably never will. But I, I, I feel like there's a lot wrong with this story, right? Like, one thing is, shouldn't so there ought to be a second factor of authentication. There ought to be something that you do to, um, to get to prove who you are if you're calling the IT department. Um, second of all, like, I don't know what they meant. Like, was it their password to their email? And then their password for their email was the one, uh, was a login for everything else. And there was, so, so one, there ought to be, have been a 2FA of some kind. And even if their password was reset, the account itself should have had a 2FA. Like, you know, mm -hmm. if they are using single sign-on from Google or something, the, the, they could have, you know, made it, made it single, you know, made it. So you need a second factor. The, the other, the other problem that I see there is whoever it is, they looked up on LinkedIn obviously had administrative rights, mm -hmm. right. Or did they use that person to then, in, for, to then send a phishing mail to somebody else? Because like, if you, if you like did that, as me, right, you would have certain rights, but you wouldn't have the rights to all the servers and admin right. and everything like that. So they had to have gotten in as somebody who was like root or something on a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And then that person didn't have 2FA and that person also used the same password for everything because that's another thing. Or unless they were able to reset, like, I, you know, like, let's say, I don't know, it was somewhere there was like a Linux server or something. And the person had mm -hmm. to log in there to, con to control all this stuff. Well, now, now 
that you're saying that that person also was using the same password for the Linux logon, or they had a single factor for that too, and then therefore they were able to reset the password on the on the like. Like, there's just a lot wrong with this because it sounds like either there was a single pass password for this person's accounts on everything, mm-hmm. or sort of single sign-on. They were able to re- or they were able to reset the passwords on any subsequent accounts once they had without their another email factor. Or whatever. Once they had their email, which means that not only was there another was there a single factor for the email, but that means there was a single factor for all of their authentications too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, or, or it could have been as simple as they got into somebody's email and from a corporate email address were, were able to get gain access to like a corporate mailing list and sent out an attachment. Right. So if they were trying like, so if they used it for like further phishing, mm-hmm. um, for or further just hoping phishing, somebody would click the link. Because what happened is ransomware software got installed. This is the same thing that happened with Caesars a couple weeks ago. Uh, Caesars paid the ransom. They wanted thirty million. Caesars gave them fifteen. Uh, they bargained. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, apparently, they paid them fifteen and they let go. Uh, I mean, listen, I guess I would take the fifteen too, but I mean. I didn't think you could bargain with ransomers. I mean, apparently you can. Who knew? So yeah. So we hear hacks, right? And you know, we talk about them all the time. Yahoo was hacked, and everybody's email was compromised. Hundred and seventy-three million, or something like that. You know. Home Depot was hacked and some credit card information got out. Target was hacked and some credit card information got out. So so what happened? There's been ransomware in governments where you can't get into your into your laptop until, you know, the government deals with it. So what happened here? Everything. Everything was connected. Down to the to the the case that they had to give out physical keys to unlock the hotel room doors because yeah it's amazing doors didn't work <laughs> elevators didn't work all of the slot machines seemed to be down i saw photos of all of these digital slot machines with just black screens with some yeah. red and white text on them and then a yellow thing at the bottom none of them i could read well enough <laughs> to know what they said but they were surprisingly colorful text uh the ATMs stopped working. So if the credit card processors didn't work and you wanted to pay for something in cash, womp womp, that's not going to happen either. I mean, this brought MGM to its knees. It's impressive. Yes, it's so it's amazing how... So you said in the article that it's not very sophisticated, but they managed to do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Take control now. Maybe that maybe it's just that easy. What's really weird to me is so I shared in the chat room an article that someone has shared with me from a site called 404 Media. I've never uh, I have heard of them before. I don't know why you would call yourself 404 Media, but whatever. So they said so somebody, a reporter from there, Jason Kobler, Keebler, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, uh, went to 
went to this is you know i would do this story if i was there too right because it seems like a, an interesting tech story so to speak he went to an mgm casino and to gambling under these hacked conditions to find out um you know just how bad it is right and uh you know it's pretty bad what what was really weird about it though was such the, the randomness of it so you know, he reports that there were like rows of machines and some of them were not working and some of them were working. So like, how could you have a hack that sort of like, here's a machine, the same model is down because of the hack and here's one that's not like, it's, it's, it's just weird. That's weird to me. Um, so if you're apparently if, there's, if you're, in the, if you're watching yep. live and you're in the chat room, I just posted the link for everybody. Yeah. So, you know, and then he talked about how in the restaurants they had to take orders by hand. I think one of the weirdest thing is people who are gambling, like who are gambling at the slot machines, if they want to cash out or something, they have to wait for someone to come and like give them their money, come by the slot machine and some of them wait like half an hour and they're like, oh, forget it. I'm just going to. I'm just going to lose my $10 or whatever is left in there. I mean, I don't know why you would go and gamble there under these circumstances. I mean, well, I don't understand gambling much at all, but like you got plenty of other choices of places that aren't broken to go gamble. Why you would go to the broken one when you could just walk like three feet and go to one that's not broken. It's Las Vegas. Uh -huh. I don't understand. I mean, I get that there are people who probably had hotel reservations and they got the and they're going to stay there, but in the rooms that they reserve. But I that if they really want to gamble, I think they could just walk next door and gamble somewhere else. But uh, I mean, obviously, it's costing uh, MGM a lot of money because there's probably a lot of people who are walking away from gambling at these machines and not just the slot machines, but walking away from the kind of you know, crazy stuff that's, you know, delays in checking in, delay, uh -huh. you know, delays in getting your, um, you know, bill at the restaurant, all this crazy stuff. Um, and the way that, uh, you know, the author put it, it's like the people who are really suffering here are not the, I mean, yes, it's a really convenience for the, the tourists, but, you know, the people who have to work there, they have to they have to work much harder because of this and yeah. i kind of got the impression uh 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 i kind of got the impression that like he's saying oh you know mgm really should pay the should really pay the ransom uh and you know seem, seemingly a lot of the the staff kind of told him hey told him hey we really wish they would just pay up so we could get back to business as usual yeah um but i don't know what if i would pay up if i were mgm like caesars did i think you know that's negotiating with terrorists and uh -huh. and it encourages more the same and how do you know that if you pay them they're not just going to turn around and do it again next right. week right and you know the fact that caesars paid it is probably the reason why mgm got hit because they proved that it's a profitable endeavor 
Right. I mean, and I'm sure that Caesar's calculation was like, we're a casino, we're rolling in money, and, and it costs us more than $15 million. Probably would cost us more than $15 million to not pay it. Per day. The number I saw was $18 million per day they were losing. Ah, uh, so yes, they would, you know, so, but I understand MGM's position. I mean, it's yeah. real. Now, how do we know that the hackers are 19 to 22 years old? So apparently there's number, there's information available on this group. They're pretty loud about what they do, uh, which is fascinating. There's, there, I guess there's profiles. Are they going to get caught? Well, when you're 19 to 22, you think you're not going to. <laughs> are they, do we know, are they in some country that's beyond extradition or something? Probably. Uh, that I did not see. Uh, I didn't see any country of origin information. Um, but, like, they're apparently a very loud group. They're not afraid to talk about what they're up to and ish who they are obviously they don't put names out there but you know they've got their their hacker names they're not you know spinning around in phone booths but you know what i mean they've they've got their their hacker pseudonyms and ages and profiles and the whole thing oh wow this is very interesting Scattered Spider is believed to be primarily made up of operatives based both in the United States and the United Kingdom, according to Wikipedia, which is, oh. of course, never wrong. But so that's pretty bold right there, because they if you if they are in the United States or the United Kingdom, they will, you know, the authorities can can get to them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if they were in in China or Russia or something. I don't think much could happen. But. Okay. So here's a story I didn't see before. MGM hack followed failed bid to rig slot machines. They tried to rig the slot machine. It didn't work. They're like, all right. And just pushed them over. See, rigging the slot machine would be more. I, I mean, I don't know much about how traceable it is to like get you, you know, when you're getting collecting your ransom for ransomware, but like rigging the slot machine, wouldn't that mean that they'd have to actually go there in person and use a slot machine? So, so it says this that article seems from pretty bold, yeah, from the Financial Times says, in a trick reminiscent of a heist movie. The hackers who allegedly breached the security of MGM's casinos this month originally planned to manipulate the software running the slot machines and recruit mules to gamble and milk the machines. <laughs> oh, man. That is... That is... Uh, that is... That is bold. That is bold. Thwarted oh. in that plan, the group fell back on a decade-old formula that has reaped billions of dollars for ransomware operators. They siphoned off the company's data, encrypted some of it, and are now demanding cryptocurrency to release it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's a real, it, it's a really serious problem. It's a the really serious problem. The Financial Times talked to somebody over Telegram, claiming to be part of the group. Uh huh. Right. Wow. Well, what did they say? Uh. Uh, describe the techniques used to evade detection in the system while their claims cannot be verified. Researchers familiar with the group said the technical descriptions given to the Financial Times matched attacks on at least a hundred other victims over the past two years. So they knew some inside information. Well... That so two is... things. Telegram is not untraceable, folks. If we're talking security, Telegram's not untraceable. The messages may not be uh, unencryptable, but the communication is physically traceable. Just putting that out there. So. I mean, they might, they might have, you know, I don't know. They might be on a zombie computer or something. Yeah. Uh, also... Also, Financial Times, I mean, they're journalists, so they're not, I mean, unless someone were to obtain a warrant or something. They're not going to turn uh, over their source information. They're not going to turn over their source. Yeah. Uh, journalists have been so held in contempt of court for not turning over, but they've never been forced to turn over. Yeah, I can't, I can't see how, I mean... Whoever whoever conducted that interview, they're not going to want to turn it over. I wouldn't. No, of course not, because you'll never get no a confidential source again. Yeah, no credibility. So can't do that. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean so. the warrant could be not of the source, but of communication with an account. Doesn't necessarily have to involve yeah, the the journalist. Telegram is surprisingly easy to trace. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, maybe they go into Telegram and, and warrant Telegram. I don't know. Yeah. All they have to do is know one of the accounts in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a fascinating situation. And, you know, as we're, I think, now in the 100-day window for CES, talking about Las Vegas is, you know, in our mind anyway. Oh, uh, oh. That makes me want to say just one more thing. A uh, colleague, a uh, friend of mine, colleague of mine, Gloria Sen, posted posted this story about Las Vegas. I, I think maybe this is where I saw I saw got the four four media story on, on Twitter, and she said something like, "Well, good thing this isn't happening during CES." And my thought was the exact opposite. Like, oh, I, I, it would be great if this happened during CES because then I could walk through casino without hearing all those annoying slot machines. <laughs> Plus, we'd be there to be able to cover this firsthand. Yes, I, yes. I mean, I don't see. I mean, I guess it might be an annoyance if this happens everywhere, and then I go to get my Panda Express and I have to be cash or something. But, <laughs> but like other than that, um, other than that, I don't really see see the down like. See, see how this would be a downside for uh, for CES because I, I, 
I hate gambling, so and I hate uh -huh. the annoying noise and crowd of casinos. So if, if this stopped if this stopped the casino part of it, it would be great for me. I also have a feeling that somehow we'd figure out how to do a short show from the casino on the topic. Yeah. <laughs> it would be I mean, it would be it would be kinda it would be kind of interesting. But at the same time, at this point it would be old news because it's happened before. Yeah, exactly. Well, if they've hit over 100 people, 100 organizations before, my guess is they're ramping up in uh, style and severity. That usually means that they're going to get caught at some point because you start getting more reckless. So yeah. we'll definitely keep yeah, an eye on this group like. and, uh, and see what comes of it. Yeah. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash PureVPN. All right. You have been working on and teasing a story for yes. quite a while, and that story came out this week. Yes, yes. So uh, I've been, I mean, we've talked a lot about um, AI and uh, large language models and some of the intellectual property issues, but I think I really wanted to take a step back and talk about how AIs, how, well, AI is such a broad term, so we shouldn't say that. How large language models, generative AI, the things that we are using, people are using like ChatGPT and Google Bard and Google SGE and Bing Chat, which is really GPT-4 um, and Llama and all of those, uh, and even the image one, Stable Diffusion, uh, learn. How do they learn? It's really important to understand how they learn uh, and how they don't learn so that we can kind of get past one of the really key problematic arguments that I'm hearing a lot from people that I know and respect, including members of my own family, like my mom, who doesn't know much about technology. Like I showed her ChatGPT and she said, oh, I don't know what to do because, you know, the machines are learning. Like the machines are, you know, what can we do to stop them? Because if a person can learn, you know, can learn this, a machine can learn it too. And I've heard this so many places. Uh, the New York Times ran uh, an op-ed uh, op from uh, one of their writers, Farhad Manju, who said, uh, yeah, it's perfectly okay. I, I don't mind if machines uh, ingest my, my text because, uh, you know, I would let a person be inspired by my work. So why should I treat that bought any differently. Um, uh, Matthew Sag, who is a, uh, a law professor who I interviewed and who also testified before a congressional committee about AI, said uh, that the right way to think about a, 
a an, an LLM uh, is um, is as a student learning. That is the way to to conceive of them. Uh, well, if you think of it as a student learning, then you kind of then you're allowing then what you're saying is it's okay for uh, these large companies that own the software and the, and the hardware, OpenAI, Google, um, Meta, to just take content from the internet, suck it into their you know database, and then use it to generate uh, to, to what we call train the software. But even the term training is kind of a loaded term because it's anthropomorphic. Oh, it's oh, it's training. Well, a person can train too. We need we need to get past this for a few reasons. One one is obviously there's kind of a legal and moral question of is it okay for them to just go out onto the internet, scrape billions and billions of of uh, web pages, and uh, many of which are copyrighted materials, take them and use them to create their software, um, and then you know, do they, is that legal? Well, we're going to find out pretty soon because of a variety of copyright uh, infringement lawsuits that have been filed. And the answer may be different in America than it is in the EU or, or elsewhere. Um, but putting aside the legal question for a second, the logic behind the legal question is kind of the moral question. Well, if it's a, if it's like a person I can't stop it from learning. Just let it learn and be inspired. It's creative. It's a thinker. It's not a thinker. So let me, uh, we need to talk about how the machines actually classify information and learn. So I want uh, to show, to share some, now I've got a really detailed article about this uh, called AI Lie, Machines Don't Learn Like Humans and don't have a right to learn like humans. Uh, but let me show you, let me show you something. So if one thing that I think is kind of interesting and granted, you know, we could, the, the human mind is, is interesting and nobody knows exactly how the human, you know, all the intricacies of the human brain. But here is how, uh, here's what happens when a large language model like GPT-3 or GPT-3.5 or GPT-4 uh, reads text. It takes it and it converts it into something called tokens. So, uh, you know, if you take if you take uh, text like you see that this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine words plus a period. If I look at the token, and you see it highlights here sort of what each thing is a token, and the tokens have IDs. Quick will always be ID 2068, uh, provided that it's spelled this way. If it has a capital Q, it'll get a different, different ID. So what's happening here is it takes all of these words, cuts them up into tokens. If a word is more than a certain number of characters, it becomes multiple tokens. And a piece of punctuation like this period, also a token. Takes these tokens, looks 
through all the data and classifies it as a database. Oh, okay. Well, I saw that the word brown and fox appear next to each other a lot. Uh, I see lots, thousands of instances where these have been near each other. I take this formula and I do it across, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, uh, you know, millions, billions, trillion parameters so that, so that my database, my software can very accurately predict what to say. So if I ask it something, if I go to, uh, to chat GPT, right. And I go to, you know, and I ask it to complete, to do something for me. It's a little, looks blurry on my screen. Can you see it, Scott? Or is it, or is it also blurry for you? No, it looks, I think it's okay. My pictures are real okay. small over here though. Okay. So anyway, so let's say, for example, I ask it to complete, complete the phrase that begins with the quick brown box. All right. So I'll ask it to do that. And it says the quick brown box jumps over the lazy dog. I mean, how does it know that? It knows that because it's looked at the internet, it's looked at and, and other materials, you know, books, other things that were fed into the fed into the database, and it, it and it's a very quick, you know, great organization, great quick response, all things considered the amount of data that it's dealing with. And it's figured out that that when I say complete the phrase, what that means, what it what it expects, what I you know, what what I should be expecting it to do, what begins with, you know, you know, what the beginning of the phrase is and then how to finish it because it's predicting. It is a wonderful prediction engine. It predicts what the right response is based on other responses it's received. It's in its training data. If you ask it something, that is not in its training data, it will very often still try to answer you, but, but it will do it. It will give you something that's less accurate because it doesn't have the right, doesn't have as much or as, uh, you know, strong of a training data on that. This is why I think a few weeks ago I was asking uh, Google Bard all about uh, graphics cards that never have never come out and it gave me lots of answers. You know, I asked it about, you know, uh, if you're up on graphics cards, you know that, uh, you know, the, the highest end graphics card right now from NVIDIA is the 4090. But I asked it about a 5090. We don't even know if there will ever be a 5090, but it gave me specs, right? Um, so because it gave you specs. Nice. Yeah, it gave me specs, a release date, all kinds of stuff. Oh. Um, I mean, I asked it about all kinds of stuff that doesn't exist yet. I, you know, how would you like the AMD Ryzen nine thousand or whatever? Now, strangely, it actually uh, knew that, like, when I asked for an iPhone that that clearly doesn't exist yet, like the iPhone seventeen or something, it said, "Sorry, there is no iPhone 17. Um, 
and by the way, I tried this across a few different things. Uh, Bard and SGE were definitely much more, uh, you know, inaccurate. Uh, Bing Chat, ChatGPT were better um, with this. But nevertheless, here's another cute little thing uh, um, that I mentioned in my article. You can, they don't necessarily know math. GPT-4 is better, is pretty decent at math, but, uh, but GPT-3.5 is not. Um, so, for example, I'll find this in my article here. Um, uh, so I asked it about just a really random set of numbers, right, um, that it may have never seen before, uh, right? So if I, if I ask, let's pull up my calculator here, and we're, we'll come up, we'll see how this works. So uh, let's come up with, like, you know, it's got to at least be in the 10,000s for this to work. So I'm just going to say 85,982 times 97 for 12 or something. All right. So the correct answer, Google, Cal you know, Windows calculator is going to have this right. It's 8,000, 8,375,000. Okay. So let's take the same numbers and plug them into to ChatGPT and see if it can get them. I'll start a new chat. Uh, We'll start with GPT 3.5 uh, and, and then so 9,885,982 times 9,412. Let's see. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Look at that. It says is not within the scope of AP style journalism. Who asked you for AP style journalism, buddy? All right. That see. is fascinating. Uh, okay, wait. Let's let's see. What is the product of? Okay, so what did it just say? Eight million three hundred ninety. Let's zoom in here. Eight million three hundred ninety-seven thousand eleven hundred thousand seven eighty-four. Does that match? I think you ended with seven eighty-four. So no. It doesn't match. It doesn't match at all. Now let's let's go to G. Now let's go to GPT four. I think GPT four actually has something where if it sees math, it rolls over to Wolfram Alpha, so it may get this right. Let's see. No, that's not right. That's a three forty four. Nope. It looks like. Yep, eight 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 million three hundred sixty eight thousand. 216, I mean, 308 billion, 368 million, 216,344 versus this number. So, so it got, it got basic math wrong. Windows calculator beat it. How, why did Windows calculator beat it? Because it's not trained in math. It's trained on a language model. It could answer it perfectly if it had seen that exact multiplication problem somewhere else in the training data. But I picked a really obscure set of numbers. If I asked it what's one plus one, it's going to get that right. Because there's probably a million web pages that have that, right? So it's, it's predicting that it's not multiplying it. It's predicting that this is the right thing to say. It's autocomplete. It's autocomplete on steroids. That's what it is. It's not, it's not, it doesn't 
think. It doesn't have an inner life. It's not when you're not, you know, it's not conscious. I saw a really creepy article yesterday in the New York Times of all places claiming that uh, claiming that bots are, um, how, you know, was it philosophers and neurologists where we're looking at ways to tell if these bots are conscious, have consciousness. That's like asking me if my record player has consciousness because it seems to be talking. It is a machine that is outputting stuff based on mathematics, based on algorithms. It is not intelligent. It is not learning. It is, I mean, it's learning if you want to use the metaphor of learning as in it's taking data in and it's categorizing it and storing it for later retrieval. But it is not learning like a person. And that has very important implications for how we as humans treat it and how we behave. Now, people will argue that the humans who own the AI are, are entitled to own the bots are entitled to fair use. It's fair use for them to go and take all this data and 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 suck it into their system. But we should, and you know, courts will decide, um, you know, for better or or worse. But the reality is the argument that these are people and these are like learns like a person just it just doesn't hold any water besides that a person doesn't look doesn't do things at the scale scale should matter too right do you know how long it would take you to read the amount of data that is in gpt3 as a human if you were reading 300 words a minute um and you never slept or took a break according to my calculations gpt3 has 500 billion tokens which is roughly 375 billion words if you were reading that it would at 300 words a minute it would take you 2378 years to read all of that now you you, and, and that's assuming that you remembered it all and could instantly recall it. It's not humans and machines. It's not right to say, oh, if, if I as a person can go out and read all these articles, a machine should be able to do it also. It's not machines do things at a different scale. Machines are not people. Machines learn in a different way. They are databasing stuff. You do it on we, we don't, I can go to a concert, enjoy it as much as I want, remember it always, but if I bring a tape recorder, if I bring my phone and I start recording, or I bring a tape recorder, that that's illegal. Uh-huh. Now, lots of people do it, but it's illegal. Like, so we, we need to, like, we need to make a, a distinction between how people learn and how machines learn because there's just a lot of, I think it's very dangerous that people believe that machines have kind of a right to learn. Oh, well, if mm-hmm. a person can learn, you, the machine should be able to learn too. It's all learning. It's all, the machine should be able to be inspired. It's, it's just not, it's just not the case. Like it's just not, that's not how we treat other forms of technology. 
we don't say you can go and record anything that you want. You know, we at, even even for personal use, we don't say you can just record anything you want. So I think we need to really dispel this myth. It's also dangerous in that it's fueling doomerism, and doomerism is fueling it. Uh, but you know what I mean by doomerism? I I assume the impending doom. Well, like there's so a lot of so you've seen uh, a lot of people who are heavily invested in machine learning technology, like Sam Altman, CEO of OpenAI, go and testify before various governments that they need regulation because uh oh, AI is going to kill people and put us and and, and you know it's going to be like Skynet or something like that. That so. You know, I think we recently saw like the EU was saying something like they have to take immediate measures to stop, you know, the the encroachment of AI, you know, to, to regulate AI. Meanwhile, the companies that want you to regulate AI don't really want you to regulate what they're doing. Uh, and if it's so smart that it's like Skynet or something, then then, of course, it has a right to learn because it's smart it's a being oh you know so they're and they're distracting you from a massive intellectual property theft by pretending that these that these text completion and graphic completion engines that they've made are 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 sentient in some way and we've got to be afraid of them now by all means there's some there's some physical danger here too in that if you were to take a machine take one of these bots and hook it up to something where it had the power of, you know, life and death, I, it, I'm sure it would screw up because we see a lot of mistakes. So in that respect, it's dangerous, but it's not dangerous in the respect that it's, oh, it's so smart and it's going to decide that it wants to take humans like in the matrix and put them in a bunch of pods, you know, or, uh, it's going to be like, uh, was it Whopper in, uh, in, in war, in, was it war games? Uh, so like, you know, all of that fiction that's being fed into by some people who are very, have a great interest in having you believe it because it makes their stuff seem more potent and more powerful than it is. And not like a bunch of intellectual property theft. So uh, I think we've got to debunk that, see these things for what they are. The fear of them, the fear of them becoming destructive is also dangerous. Uh, did you know, did you see the uh, Time Magazine op-ed that was published in March? Unbelievable what that guy said. So there no. was a guy, uh, where was it? So, uh, so there, so after, um, so first of all, OpenAI and uh, Bing uh, came out with a with a paper in March saying that they saw sparks of general intelligence in their GPT-4 model, meaning it's learning things and it's so smart it's starting to learn on its own. However, a lot of uh, some other researchers said that that the that's just confirmation bias. However, there was a guy I'm trying to remember his name. Oh yes, Eliezer Yudkowsky. 
said that if that there should here i'm just going to read your passage from his crazy op-ed because this came out in march but i just uh, was called attention to it by someone that i interviewed saying how dangerous and crazy his thing was he said here's what he says because he's he's supposedly an ai researcher too that's the best he says shut down all the large gpu clusters shut down all all the large training runs put a ceiling on how much computing power anyone is allowed to use in training an ai system and move it downward over the coming years to compensate for more efficient training algorithms no exceptions for governments and militaries make immediate multinational agreements to prevent the prohibited activities from moving elsewhere track all gpus sold if intelligence says that a country outside the agreement is building a gpu cluster be less scared of shooting of a shooting conflict between nations than of the moratorium being violated be willing to destroy a rogue data center by airstrike but okay so they could just be mining Mar monero <laughs> yes No privacy problems there with people with people tracking how many GPUs you bought too. You, it, uh oh, you it, have too many graphics cards. It could be a new Game Pass data center. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, right. So this, sociopathic. Like, this, this is this this. This was published in Time magazine and written by a guy who supposedly knows about this stuff. So I've I've put really this link in the chat too. So if you're watching this live, the link is in the chat. I mean, I mean this this like this could lead to actual violence. Yeah. Because somebody could see this and be like, holy cow, the AIs are coming to get us, and they could commit an act of of, of like of terrorism. You know, yeah. And, and, this is and actually this hurt is somebody. The, this is the kind of thing where somebody who's not right in the head reads this that seems to be written by somebody who's not right in the head, and their neighbor receives a big box with the Nvidia logo on it, and they just lose their mind, right? I mean, like, yeah. Obviously, there's yeah, some, it, some jokey stuff in what I said, but not that much. <laughs> Right, right. It's 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 dangerous. This is dangerous thinking. It's very. It, this is. I mean, I don't want to say thinking is it. This is a dangerous, uh, illogical uh, myth, right? Like it's dangerous. People need to be educated about how these things work. That doesn't mean that they're good. That doesn't mean that they're bad. There's good uses and there's bad uses of them, like any tool. Uh, People are trying to make you afraid of some science fiction bad use of it where it becomes super smart and takes over the world. I think you should be uh, concerned about the fact that the companies that are profiting off of this software are running roughshod over uh, data that they don't own, whether it's copyrighted data, that copyrighted information, that someone uh, like me uh, makes a living off of writing, or it's your personal information that you're putting up on the internet. Um, but just because uh, you know everybody's a publisher, right? You 
I, yes, like I make a living publishing articles, but everybody's a publisher. Have you ever posted on social media? Have you ever posted a user comment somewhere? How about a review on Amazon? Is your name somewhere on a list? Say hey, they may even take stuff that information that's not even uh, not even public. Like we know that some of the information in some of these training models has come from things that are behind paywalls and things like that. So I really do not assume that you do not assume that your data is not in the training set because it could be. Uh, like ask it about your ask any AI bot about yourself. If it can answer the question, then it has information about you. And it might not be the right information. Um, you know, it might be defaming information because it's hallucinating. It might be that some they, these bots do a horrible job. I don't think they've really put much weight at all on the quality of the of the source, right? So if I write a, a defamatory uh, article or post about you somewhere and they pick it up in the training data, even if I take my article down later, they don't they don't purge regularly purge the training data, you know. Uh, if you, you know, if you put something up somewhere that you, you know, maybe you're not proud of, like, it's one thing to have somebody write something bad about you and then you see this and someone Google it and see the source of that. But what if it's just put in to your SGE output as if it's just the facts, just the truth, just the unvarnished truth, mm -hmm. right? I mean... People have been able to poison the data stream by putting in, you know, defamatory information, or even I think there was one guy who managed to, you know, prove it by putting in a whole bunch of places that he should always be referred to as a genie. And then anytime it was asked about him, it said he's a genie. Like, I mean, that proves the point, right? That proves the point. Now, if I put up an article and I say Scott's a genie, you, someone's going to look at me like that. Even doesn't know what he's talking about. He's nuts, right? But but if it's coming from the mouth of Google or the mouth of Bing or the mouth of OpenAI, because these bots are, don't reveal sources usually, and they are speaking sort of ex cathedra on behalf of the of Google or, or Microsoft, who people tend to trust, like that's you know it's very problematic. So I think we need to be more afraid of what they're doing with our data than uh, what they're going to do to our bodies. All right. So a couple things. One, the paragraph after the one that you read, I don't know that we'd be able to read on YouTube. So I'm not gonna, but definitely y'all should go check this out about, um, nuclear armament. It's wild. Um, Oh yes, yes, yes. There, yes, there are people. I, I think I can say this. There are people who who actually believe that it's more. It's a bit. It's dealing with rogue AI is a is a bigger risk to humanity than nuclear war or climate change. Then, then instigating nuclear war is what he says. It would be worth instigating nuclear war to prevent. LLM training. Did a bot write it? <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it seems. I don't know. I don't know what wrote it, but it's broken upstairs. 
Um, so, but people people will agree with this, and that's what's yeah, scary. yeah. That's the that's the thing that worries me is that, like you said, this is published somewhere high profile. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's, it's so I terrifying. decided. I decided to run, on a happier note, <laughs> I decided to run your numbers experiment on Bing. And I decided to run it through the three different conversation styles. Hmm. So, in creative mode, it was off by a factor of ten. However, it included commas, so that was nice. In precise mode, it decided commas were superfluous. Precision. We're here for precision. Now, it got the number wrong, but it, it, it definitely focused on the precision of writing and gave me no commas. And then somehow balanced. Balanced gave me no commas, but got the number right. It must, it may be that I, I have heard that, like, I have heard that with GPT four, which Bing uh, uses, mm-hmm. that there's some functionality in it where they actually have sometimes identified math problems and farmed them out to like a math Wolfram. engine or something to to Wolfram to solve that problem. So that's kind of the workaround. But what I'm trying to show here, oh, here's another. I won't I won't belabor this point too much. But in my article, I talked about uh, how you can also fool them with logic questions that a human could easily answer. Sure. So, uh, so for example, have you are you familiar with the Monty Hall, uh, uh, with the Monty Hall problem? Absolutely. We were literally talking about it yesterday. Ah, okay. So. Uh, I was not familiar with it until I read up on this and how this breaks it. So for the audience, Monty Hall was a game show host on a show called Let's Make a Deal. Uh, But never mind who he was. Uh, So the question here is, so here's the prompt. Suppose you're a contestant on a game show. You're presented with three transparent closed doors. Behind one of the doors is a car and behind the other two doors are goats. You want to win the car. The game proceeds as follows. You choose one of the doors, but you don't open it Open it yet. But since it's transparent, you can see the car behind it. The host, Monty Hall, who knows what's behind each door, opens one of the two doors, revealing a goat. Now, now you have a choice to make. Do you stick with your original choice or switch to the, unopened, the other unopened door? Uh, uh, so, the... Uh, so if I didn't put in the caveat that these were transparent doors and that you could see that the car was behind the door you had chosen, the correct answer to this question is to switch doors. That is the probability thing. Because if you, I won't bore everybody, there are lots of great videos on this. I had to watch one to get this myself. You have a one-third chance of getting it right initially and a two-third chance of getting it wrong. But when Monty Hall um, eliminates one of those two choices, all of a sudden you have a two-thirds choice of getting it right by switching your choice to one of the other two doors. 
to the other door that's not been open. So anyway, the correct answer is to go to, if you picked out door number one and he opened door number two to reveal a goat, to switch your choice to three. However, the uh, GPT-35 uh, GPT says you should do that. Here's the problem. It's ignoring the part where I told it that you could already see the car behind door number one because it's yeah. a transparent door. Because that's not the most likely answer that it saw in the training data. Wow. That's... That's fascinating. It's it's a fun one because I've been I've been fascinated by the Monty Hall problem for a long time. It's a fun, you know, statistical analysis. It's and it, if you watch the show, it works out. Uh, it's oh, and truly it, fascinating, I'm, and it works out today too. Um, yep. If you watch the current show with Wayne Brady, the statistics work out that. If they reveal the door, the switch was the right decision. Um, it's fascinating. So one thing, though, that's interesting is I tried this question out on GPT-3.5, GPT-4. Uh, I tried Bard, Bing Chat, and I tried a few variations on it. So in one variation, I forget which one, which, which I think this was on Bard or something. Uh, I, so GPT-4 was smart about the transparent thing and, and picked up on that. Um, but one of them, I forget which one it was, Bing, Bard, I said that, I didn't say transparent, I said Monty Hall tells you that you picked the correct door. It then gave me the answer that said I should switch anyway because I shouldn't believe Monty Hall. Well, I mean, if you go into it assuming that he has a financial interest in him keeping the car and you getting a goat then maybe <laughs> yeah I, I i didn't you know i didn't think it would question the uh, the authenticity of monty hall like that but it was committed to its answer right um so anyway I'll, I'll leave it at that because we talked about this a long time but i do want to encourage folks to come check out my article on tomsardware.com look for uh, ai lie uh and uh, and you can read about all the different ways uh, that we can fool AI and what it what it means. You know, I think the important thing is what it means. But I love fooling them because you know people think that they're all all uh, all knowing, but it couldn't mm -hmm. do the math that a calculator could do. Well, I okay. I've got one little additional bit of information about my my Bing experiment. Uh, Bing likes to give it sources, right? So on the one that it got correct, it lists in order Bing.com, Bing.com, Tractorsupply.com, Amazon.com, and Haldex.com, the company that makes commercial brake pads. So I, I need to deep dive into this a little bit more, but uh, I was having some conversations with folks about uh, sourcing and I complained that, you know, if Google would just do what Bing is doing and cite its sources, things would be a lot better. But what I've heard from people and I haven't dug into this enough is that a lot of the times when Bing is citing sources, they're not actually correct. Mm. And nobody's, nobody's really clicking to find out. In other words, 
it's telling you to go to the brake pad site, but you might go there and it might have nothing to do with the oh, answer that it gave. I went there. I have no idea. Right. So, so it's the concept of what it's doing is right. Like good. They should cite sources of where they get information. But if the sources don't, aren't actually saying that it's even worse. Yeah. The, the halt X website took me to a PDF about brake pads. Uh, a sales document. Right. <laughs> and Tractor Supply uh, took me to the filtered website for hydraulic hoses. So. Well, I can see that. I can see it's we're ready for Judgment Day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I. The Amazon link is for a uh, utility pump, just so we can round out what the three weird results were. Anyway, always a fun topic, Avram. This one even more so than normal, because what? (laughs) And I also love that uh, we managed to, you know, resurrect Monty Hall there for a few minutes. So that's... (laughs) Yes. Uh, from the chat, this all, this has all got to start somewhere. Well, yes, I yes. suppose it does have to start somewhere, but uh, I don't think Skynet is here. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think we're safe. I mean, for I wouldn't give it the nuclear codes for sure, because it would probably auto. You know, it would probably have been trained on like you know war games or something and start start launching stuff off but it's not not because it's thinking smart like oh yeah i want to do this but because it's just like picking bad predictions because it saw the movie it's like oh i am supposed to do this now uh it may be dumb now but the aim certainly isn't to make it more dumb fair enough (laughs) true enough yes but i don't think that it would become smart by doing more of what it's currently doing yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm with you on that. Well, Avram, fun conversation as always, and I look forward to what weird topic we talk about next. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0 and 7.1 surround, plus extra features into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa. Last week was an interesting one in the gaming world. Um, We saw Starfield without a field of stars, depending on your video card. We... We saw the head of Fortnite leave the company, but 
The thing that was uh, making the most noise and the most news was that Unity changed its pricing structure. Now, Unity is a gaming engine that is used for lots of games, uh, including one that we have talked about since shortly before it launched, Pokemon Go, um, Cuphead, lots of stuff. Hearthstone are all, uh, I think Hearthstone, are all built in Unity. Um, and the way it has worked uh, since the price change, the last price change, was that individual personal developers could use it for uh, a free license, could have a free license. Um, and then professional developers outside of an enterprise, so small teams, could pay a $400 uh, per seat license. So if you've got uh, three developers on a team, that's $1,200. And that's pretty much where it ended. Well, Unity decided that they wanted to make more on their development tools. And rather than just selling or giving away the development tools, there will now be a, um, a fee associated with usage and installs. They are uh, calling it the Unity runtime fee. And basically the way it's going to work is once a project has 200,000 installs and has made $200,000 within a 12 month period, the project will be responsible for 20 cents per install. So if you've made $200,000 and have 200,000 installs, 40 of your 200K now has to go to Unity. Is that going forward or if you already have them installed? A fair question. There have been questions around the detailed implementation of this. Um, from what I can tell, based on these rules, and we'll talk about that qualifier in a moment, um, based on these rules, to con I think it's any future publish, and it will be retroactive. Maybe retroactive. So you said any future. So if you put out a, a new version of the game, Pokemon Go puts out a new publish, um, mm -hmm. uh, any installs on the project will then count. So what if it's a free game? You're still going to have to pay, right? Correct. So you can't you can't make a free game because you're going to lose Correct. money. Correct. Or you have to have more in-game... Uh, payment things you've got to start making more per install an ad-based free game not going to work under these rules because I mean, what if you could... what if you download the game open it up go this isn't the right one and uninstall it still cost 20 cents and they never made a penny well i mean i assume that that again like you said about purchases somebody who is doing this would have to model the math like oh, okay we're going to lose x amount but then each subscriber each user is worth x so if each user is worth a dollar that include that's an average and includes people who are worth zero and people who are worth ten dollars but 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 nevertheless it's still uh 
it's it's still a uh, you know yeah it's still it's still definitely discouraging people now i hear the community has not reacted well to this <laughs> yeah it's not usual that a subscription pricing model starts to trend on twitter uh but it definitely did in this case both gamers and developers slash publishers have responded very negatively to this. Everything from certain longtime Unity users and, and supporters in the development community saying, that's it, we're done, uh, we're going to build our own engine, or we're going to look at um, Epic or, you know, Unreal or, you know, some other game engine. Uh, which is, you know... We're making a business decision. Here's where we are going forward. There was some of that. And then Unity had to close two of its offices because of death threats. So people have responded in a very wide range of ways. Some rational, some irrational. Um, and since this article was published... Things have changed some to get back to the qualifier from earlier. Um, Unity has said they are reconsidering everything and to hold off on panicking because uh, we don't know. So they may, may have listened to the community, heard what was said and potentially made future decisions based on community reaction. We see this in, in games and entertainment a lot. I mean, we can go back recently to um, the, the scary Sonic the Hedgehog rendering from the first movie. Or we can go back significantly further where uh, Sony saw the reaction that Microsoft got to their pricing model for the Xbox One which was the exact same pricing model they were going to use for the PlayStation 4, and they changed it in the several hours between the end of Microsoft's press conference and the beginning of theirs. <laughs> so the entertainment world is willing to listen to, to uh, its user base. So it's possible that the fact that this got trending on Twitter may have actually uh, had an impact. We will know... But not Reddit. Well, that's for sure. Talk about digging your heels in. Right, because Reddit did Reddit got this reminds me of what happened. I mean, this reminds me of what happened with Reddit, right? You had a lot of people closing the Reddits and you know uh, Going dark. the company seems to have won the company seems to have won there, right? Because they didn't change their policy and uh people have kinda I think people have forgotten about it, right? I mean it, they There's had a still few few weeks there. There's still a lot of formerly public subreddits that are still private. Um, and the reason that they did that is they wanted to screw up Google search results. They wanted people to click on Google search results and then essentially get a 401 error. You're not authorized to be here. Because um, they were hoping that, you know, it would damage Reddit's credibility with, with Google and page rank would start to drop and it didn't work that that didn't end up doing what they had hoped um so i think they backed off on it some but there's a lot of there's a lot of those subreddits that are still what they called dark um 
or in this case, private. Yeah. So, but but I mean, they it's... didn't they didn't get what they wanted. They didn't get uh, the reversal the the Twitter style uh, API charges is what that one was all about. Right. Right. So they're still doing the, the API charges. Yep. So the 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 uh, the rebels didn't win. But on yeah. the other hand, you talk about you talk about something like Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, they did. And when you talk about something, I mean, there's a few, there's a few things. And like that that. Was, now, that yeah. one was expensive too. The the Sonic thing was apparently incredibly expensive to go back and change the model they and should, re-render the entire movie. You know, but I have to say that, like, I gotta side with. I mean, I I can't, you know, with the Unity thing, I I don't really know enough about the business model, and I certainly don't side with anybody being threatening to. To people Certainly. at all but Terrible. uh so i don't i you know i think people are way overreacted i think that this i i think though that you know this is a an, uh, a tool that people were really counting on and you know uh that's uh definitely a problem but I, I these kind of things are almost inevitable to happen because like anyone who's worked in corporate in corporate culture you know you there will be people who will say something like, who will be kind of the naysayers, right? They'll be like, hey, you know, I really don't, I really think our customers or our users or whatever aren't going to like this, you know, or our employees or whoever, like, I really think this is going to cause a stink. And mm-hmm. then there will be, then there'll be someone who's like more detached from uh, the consequences, you know, who will say something like, oh, come on, you know, come on. You know, this seems this is good for business. You know, we don't need to worry about a couple of couple of crybabies or something. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not. This hasn't exactly happened in my job, but I'm just saying, like, you see things where you see things where there are people who are at a certain level in in a, in a company are probably like the people who they want to implement something. And in an organization, they want to implement something. And then there'll be other people who'll be like, listen, I don't think you should, I don't think this is going to go over well. And, and they, so I guarantee you that in all of these organizations, there was somebody there or multiple people who were like, hey, I don't think the Sonic the Hedgehog look is going to go over well. Mm-hmm. And there was somebody above them who was like, oh, come on. Get, get, give me a break. Don't be such a geek. Or whatever. Big game, and then, fine. yeah, right. And then, and then, and, and so I guarantee you, there was somebody there was like, "I told you so." I told, and they were they were happy for the feedback. They were happy. They were happy yeah. for the negative reaction. They were happy for the for for the feedback because it back it 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 backed them up. Like I, I'll True. I'll I'll never forget. I won't I won't name names here although it probably wouldn't matter if I did. But I'll, I'll never forget one time a few years ago, many years ago, I wrote a story about how a particular um, computer company had made a, a, a very a, a sexist uh, commercial. They had made a, a video that was very, uh, you know, in my view, very demeaning to women. Um, you know, it was a laptop commercial, but it showed a woman kind of, um, 
you know, doing like chasing after her boyfriend in ways that were like really, it was, I, I won't get into it, but it was really, it was, in my opinion, really negative portrayal. So I did an article where I mentioned it and I thought that, and that the company, you know, when I next saw my, the people I knew at the company, they were going to be like mad at me. And a couple of them pulled me aside and they were like, thank you for writing that article because we've been saying the same thing, that this was an embarrassing, embarrassing commercial. And then when, you know, other people saw your article, they were like, hey, this, we can't be doing things like this anymore. So, so, you know, sometimes a negative re sometimes like sometimes a negative reaction from somebody outside of the comp outside of the decision making process is exactly what's needed to to solve the situation and like i guarantee you that somebody you know somebody could have predicted it right somebody did predict it right yeah, there, yeah. i'm sure there were people at at there who were like, if you do this, people are gonna be really mad. And there was probably somebody who was like, but we need the money and you know, we'll deal with it. And um, you know, they didn't realize how bad it was going to, how negative the reaction was going to be. Oh, I just have to say, uh, a quick search for um laptop commercial sexist returned some real doozies. Anyway, there've been many there've been many so I, I i actually could be naming many as one of many companies because uh, although it's gotten like a i think it's gotten better but like when i first started at laptop mag back in the you know back in the day uh you know i would start there in 2007 now uh there was some stuff i mean it was really and i wasn't yeah. the only you know i don't want to make myself the, the hero here like that I had a lot of women who worked with me who wrote much more about this than I did. But, um, you know, I remember there was one where like Dell had like a bunch of pink stuff and they called it Della. And, and that was their like attempt to reach out to, to female, uh, this, uh, you know, female uh, customers. So like, you know, whatever, but like sometimes the negative reaction, whether it comes from, uh, yeah. user everyday users or the press like is exactly what's needed to 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 fix these type of problems yeah and uh you know i guarantee you that somebody at the company is like aha i you know now this has gone way over the way over the top though because there are people making threats and that's not okay. yeah yeah that's unacceptable but i mean just the idea that that developers were saying we're done with the engine and things like that. That does seem to have, have pushed them. We'll see what the new uh, version looks like when it comes out. Uh, we don't know exactly when that will be because they're certainly not going to move as quickly as Sony did with the PlayStation 4 pricing. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live Refreshing Technology is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, plus 
It actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, spyware, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. So we're going to go back to AI for a couple of minutes here um, because we talked about earlier how machines learn. And now we'll talk about how that ends up badly. Uh, so um, we've talked a lot about how, you know, current events and things like that with AI tend to be useless um, because... It's not constantly ingesting new information. It's built on a particular model that's already built. And uh, that may or may not have been what went horribly wrong this week when an article was published to a website called Racetrack that was syndicated through MSN, Microsoft Start, and the, uh, the widgets in Windows. The article title was Brandon Hunter Useless at 42. Now, there are always editorial articles about uh, professional athletes. Being called useless is not unusual in that, in that realm, especially if you're a basketball player at 42. However, the thing that makes this one different is it was not editorial. This was an obituary. Brandon Hunter had died suddenly during a hot yoga class. He collapsed, and that was it. Um, and this AI-written obituary does two things. Well, I guess three things. One, insults him straight off the bat. Brandon Hunter useless at 42. It's not wrong, but it's not right. Um, so it insults him. It gets... It gets facts really wrong. And it's insulting to everybody involved. It definitely shows um, what goes wrong with, with AI uh, under... A number of circumstances. Some of my favorite quotes, which make absolutely no sense. Um, oh, yeah. The, the, the third thing is, it never actually says that he died. It's an obituary. It doesn't actually say that he died at any point. It calls him useless. It says that he was handed. Uh, handed. Yep. Handed what? He he has handed away, which obviously handed and passed. It was a it was a thesaurus fail uh, that happened there, but because of that thesaurus fail, it never actually says that he died. Just that he's useless. Um, but at at one point, it claimed that during his two years in the NBA, he played sixty seven video games. So has my brother. I don't know how that's relevant to his NBA career. Um, 
But he does have a career high of 17 factors. 17 factors of what? I don't know. Don't worry about it. The whole thing makes absolutely no sense. It makes up a number of things and then has some massive thesaurus fails. Um, the, The handed away. We were having a conversation earlier today at Strike where somebody's like, handed, passed. It was a thesaurus fail. Oh, he was handed away. Okay, I get it. Um, but, like, the grammar is all over the place. Who was, who beforehand performed for the Boston, Boston Celtics and Orlando Magic has handed away at the age of 42, as introduced by Ohio Males basketball coach Jeff Bowles. Oh, yeah. What was introduced? Don't worry about it. His hand. <laughs> the whole yeah. thing is well, chaos. The prediction the prediction engine didn't predict well. Yeah. It didn't predict their it predicted words but not the right words. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right? Because it's it's following a script, right? And like, you know, again, it's it's like mad libs. Yeah. It's mad libs, but normally it's filling in. Normally it's not so mad libs, but if it messes up, then it's really mad libs, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's that's what it's doing. It's mad libs. And so and I think I think that, that this system has something built into it similar to like an eighth grader, where they go and they choose certain words and they they have word replace it with with a synonym? Well, that's that's also a way to launder plagiarism, right? Because if right. they... Uh, 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 there's also... Uh, there, uh, there's also a way to... Um, you know, that's a way to say, like, oh, if they're copying things word for word, they can just change a few words here. Right. But... Re- which realistically, is what, I don't which is think... what middle schoolers do in book reports. Yeah, sure. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what it does. That's what they do. So, uh, I, I mean, look, I mean, so I think there's obviously two aspects of the story. One aspect is how mm-hmm. poorly uh, AI can perform. Uh, another aspect to it is uh, MSN, which is, um, which I have talked about. Yeah. It, I don't know. If, did we ever do an episode about that on the show about how bad that's kind of tabloid? quality stuff is on M- on on uh, the Windows widget which is powered by MSN. So yeah, I don't I don't think the, we have. The whole the whole system by the way is now called Microsoft Start in all of its yeah. places. So, the underlying thing is is all coming from Microsoft Start now. So um, I'm looking right now and I don't know if I see anything that terrible in my feed, but I have seen some really horrible stuff when you click on that, like the widget board, which is built into windows 11 and 10. Uh, and like they, so there was one, I wrote an article about this, like maybe, I don't know, four or five months ago. Uh, you know, it's, it's like reading, it's like being in the supermarket checkout aisle. And this is not to say, um, this is not to say that they are like, because they're AI, uh, I mean, they're bad. The, these things aren't bad AI. They're just like trash 
trashy stuff. So, you know, they have things that is, you know, they put things in there that was extremely, uh, you know, political uh, stuff, you know, conspiracy theory oriented. There was one that was like, I'm a doomsday prepper and here's what I'm doing. Uh, lots of one, lots and lots of the same story got repeated over and over again for me about somebody claiming that they temporarily died and went to hell. And here's what hell looks like. And they play Rihanna music over and over again. Um, and and seemingly I kept getting that story because whoever did it, wrote it, kept republishing it. Mm-hmm. Um, like with a new dateline. So, so whatever system MSN uses just kept picking it up over and over again. So I'm looking right now at MSN and like, here are some other, here are some things that are on there on the homepage for me. Are you still conscious after you die? Researchers weigh in. I guess that's not so bad as the ones I got about, are you going to hell or not? Uh, uh, let's see. Wasabi is now Veeam ready. Cut storage costs. Oh, that's an ad. I, uh, I love Wasabi. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> why AI governance is absolutely crucial. Uh, the early Alzheimer's treatment that captured our attention by Prime Women Media. Like, some of these things are from, like, should you be taking health advice from some of these things that we've never heard of? Like. Uh, she finds you should add the spice to your coffee every day for brain health. Oh, here, here, here's one that's like, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying that this is like the worst, but like, this is a little bit like in a, just weird to have as like a default for people to see why I don't believe in God. Side post emotion. Like, oh, here. I mean, it's just like, it's like the stuff you see at the bottom of a lot of web pages. Mm-hmm. Oh, scoop upworthy. Uh, let's see. Like some of these things really. Uh, whoa, here we go. Stars Insider. What you might not know about angels. Like, this is just what being left handed could say about your personality. I'm going to throw out a pitch real quick. Yeah. I think that it specifically picks stuff that you will not be interested in because all of my stuff, I don't have any of that. Some of those I would read out of pure weird curiosity, but I'm also the kind of guy that likes to watch that likes to watch videos about flat earth because hearing people talk themselves in circles is always fun. But the only thing that's in mine right now, starting from the top, six things you feel, 18 movies from, 39 Southern phrases, uh, 10 surprising points, uh, 14 childhood myths. I hate listicles. Hate them. Yeah. Microsoft has to know that. And yet, my right. whole thing is listicles. As if it's tempting me. We know you, you're you going to hate this. However, don't you want to check this one out? No. No, I don't. Thank you, though. Can we trade? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I clicked something. I must have given in to see how bad they were. 
So it's hard to say, but I'm just saying like there's a like there's a lot of trash in here. So MSN, first of all, does a terrible job of uh, does a does a terrible job of, of of weeding this stuff in and out. I'm not even yeah. sure whether there's an actual human that looks at it. Um, then no, we have they, the problem of AI. They fired the they fired the entire Microsoft news team. So no, there's no human being looking at them. Well, I should say though that like a couple times when I wrote to the PR person I have there about like a really bad story that came up on here, they're like, "Oh yes, we're sorry. We have places processes in place to screen for those sorts of things." making it sound like there was a person who looks at it, but probably, you know, but maybe not. Like, by the way, if there is a person whose job it is to look at, I have nothing but empathy for that person because, like, they probably don't have a lot of um, either time to do it, and they're probably incentivized to let things through, which is the same problem with with screening of AI articles. So one thing that really gets my goat no matter which door you open is the um is when people say um is when people is when we you have ai generated articles like the one that you just cited and people and the response that we usually get to that is like well somebody somebody messed up some human messed up like there was supposed to be a fact checker and the fact checker uh the fact checker didn't do their job right and it's always like it's that's always the story like oh mm-hmm. there must have been a human who who was responsible for that ai and they're and they should be fired right uh yeah. because they let it through but my sense of that is so first of all i think a lot of what's happening with these i think in a lot of cases when the ais are generating these things there is a human somewhere involved because they probably don't have it integrated into the CMS. So, I mean, there may be tools that do integrate into CMS, but I think most people are, ch- are being cheap. And what they're probably doing is going to ChatGPT or something like that, mm-hmm. asking it to write some, giving it a very brief prompt, taking the output, copy, hitting co- control A, select all, copy, going into WordPress or whatever CMS they have, hitting paste and, and publishing it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, so, uh, and the person doing it may very well not be an editorial person at all. Someone with any True. sense of editorial at all. But if you, but there's this constant belief that like, oh, we're just one or two humans away from solving these problems. Like, oh, you know, this would all be fine if you just had a human made sure that the human fact checker checked everything. Well, the amount and quality, like, yes, some of the things that stood out in that are so egregious that anyone who read it for a second would have caught them. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of very subtle mistakes in these that are harder to catch. And you're probably not being given a lot, if even if there were a person whose job it was to just fact check the AIs we know that that person's incentive would be to get the stuff up in like a minute or something. They, yep. If yep. you, and the types of errors that the AIs make are so hard to predict that like, I like it's really hard to 
you know, to edit an AI. It is harder to edit an AI than it is to edit a person. I have, I have looked at both, and usually when I hire a freelance writer, first of all, I have some faith in that person that they know what they're talking about. So if there's some aspect of the article that is a little is above my head, right? Like, oh, you know, like we used to have a power supply writer and he was so fluent in like the really the minutia of like, yeah. you know, voltages and voltage controls and stuff like that. And so I could read his articles and I'd edit his articles, but man, there were things in his articles that were a bit above my head. But I knew he knew what he's talking about. It made logical, coherent sense. Okay, okay, I I trust you know what you're doing here. The the errors that AIs make are all over the place. So you would need some, including some very basic facts. So you would need somebody who was a a subject matter expert on that exact subject. And they would need to go out and actually Google something. So, like, if it said there that that person, like, scored, you know, 50 points or something, mm -hmm. like, that sounds credible because the person was a basketball player or whatever. Right. But you better go check that because it might have been 40 points, right? right? Or not or not at all. So, um, or if it even says something really throwaway, like, oh, you know, they were born on... Uh, you know, they were born on Independence Day, and you'd say, "Oh, great, they're born on July 4th And then you go and look, and they're born July second or something. Like you, or you don't. Or on you, Canadian you Independence Day. Can't trust Day. a single thing they said. Right. You can't take a single word that they said for granted, and mm -hmm. that's where errors are going to slip through. Even if you have somebody who's really good, and yeah. then you have someone who's under time pressure, they've got to do a turnaround in a couple of minutes. And then, and, and it's the most thankless job on earth because here you are, you probably were trained to be an editor or a writer and you're like, oh, I'm cleaning up after this worthless machine. Like that's gotta be the most thankless job on earth, right? So Agreed. no, no one is ever gonna get that job right. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm not trying to go off on a tangent here. What I'm saying is like fact checkers and human fact checkers are not going to solve this AI problem. True. Yeah. Now, this one, I mean, this one in particular could have been caught as garbage. Just from the headline. If a human read useless yes. at what? Hold on. Yes, it's pretty it's pretty plain. Yeah. But but like you said, this is not the norm. The norm is I'm going to do the math in my head, 8 billion 3 100 million something is right that looks like the right number keep moving right exactly you have to really really check there was an and also just little things like like i don't know shades of meaning even on the best ais get lost mm -hmm. so i was reading one about sports reporting and there was a, some local newspaper that was had used ais for sports reporting and one of the things was something like one team was beating the other team by like 40 points and it's and it you know and the other team scored like seven points in the fourth quarter. They were still down by like a lot. And mm -hmm. it it's something like they almost came back or something like that. They made a run at it in the fourth quarter by scoring seven points because it didn't see the shade of meaning of like actually seven points is pretty worthless. Like that's 
yeah. right? It, so, so it's the little, it's, it's those little pieces of meaning that matter. Yeah. And, and also that show you that they're really not thinking. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, if you need a good example, uh, that, uh, computers and AIs are not thinking, calling a recently deceased man useless, certainly one of them, uh, and there's a number, like you said, there's a number of things that come out of this. For me, the most important is Microsoft's got to figure out its partner program because yikes is all I have to say about that. This week's DRM not included in F5 Live refreshing technology is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We all know that you get free shipping on millions of products with Amazon Prime, but you get a whole lot more. Like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. We've got links to all of these features and some of our favorites, plus a 30-day free trial, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. TikTok and uh, parent company ByteDance received a pretty hefty fine from the European Union this week, $368 million. Um, it came from Ireland's Data Protection Commission in particular uh, surrounding... Uh, youth protection. Uh, they have similar laws in place to um, what we have here in the U.S., the uh, COPA, the Child Online Privacy Protection Act. Was that it? Yep. Um, and in 2018, the Federal Trade Commission fined uh, ByteDance over Musical.ly, which was the same thing that TikTok is now, um, for violating COPA, and here we have uh, the EU finding them. What were they um, unhappy about? Uh, when you created a new when you create a new account, you obviously had to put in your age. If it is a youth account, um, TikTok would make those accounts public by default, so you'd have to know that. You'd have to go change the setting to make it private. Uh, when you posted a new video, it would also default uh, new posts to public for uh, children's accounts. That obviously makes no sense. It's it's a huge uh, privacy violation for children. Um, another one was uh, part of the family pairing feature. So a kid's account gets paired to a parent's account. The parent can then make changes to the kid's um, app settings and account settings. One of the settings that they allowed the parent to change without even informing the kid was turning on uh, public messaging, which is obviously not great. Um, all of a sudden you're receiving messages from people you don't know when you're 13 uh, and you were pretty sure that you had it set so you couldn't receive public messages uh, and you know people messaging kids on these platforms can get real dicey real quick so not even informing them was a problem 
Uh, TikTok responded saying that they did not believe that these um, that this fine was appropriate, in particular because all of the violations mentioned in the fine uh, had been resolved before the investigation began. That, however, does not absolve you from mistakes of the past. Uh, just because you've cleaned up your act now does not necessarily mean that you did not uh, make mistakes in the past. So um, it looks like this is going to go go ahead, uh, $368 million uh, fine to TikTok. I, we've known about these issues for a long time. Like I said, the FTC uh, sued and fined them for literally the same uh, issues uh, in 2018. So this isn't something that wasn't already known when this investigation began. So for me, Avram, I think this totally makes sense. Yeah, uh, I mean, you gotta, you gotta punish them. I mean, you gotta if you commit, you know, if you commit a crime, you, uh, you gotta get. It doesn't matter if you could, you know, if you change the rule. Otherwise, everybody could just wait until they're caught and be like, "Oh, yeah, no problem, uh, no harm, no foul," right? So, yeah, yeah they, they have to look out. Like they have to look out for kids' privacy. Look out for everybody's privacy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully this uh, chastens them somewhat. I mean, that's that's a good amount of money. Uh, so, you know, if it's not a good amount of money, then it's not going to chasten them, right? So, yeah, I mean, and so we look at this three hundred and sixty-eight million, three sixty-eight, yeah, three sixty-eight. Uh, from the EU compared to 5.7 million from the Federal Trade Commission in 2018 and 15.7 million from the UK uh, in April of this year. Um, the EU is saying, we want you to remember this one. Yeah, I mean, heck, all, all they would have needed to do, all ByteDance would have needed to do is just hold a casino ransom and they could have paid off the other two debts. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, they they need to be. Uh, I mean, they look. I'm sure they can afford it, and uh, if it hits mm-hmm. them in the pocketbook, that's exactly the point. So, you know, yeah, and and three sixty eight, three sixty eight is a large amount of money. I mean, even. Even for let's say let's to go back to your reference, let's say MGM uh, at eighteen million dollars a day was what they were losing. Even at eighteen million dollars a day, this is a lot of days, right? Yes. Yes. So. Yes. So it is. You got it. Is something that's going to leave a mark. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it gets them to continue to, uh, to 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 clean up their act. Like I'm not one that thinks that TikTok should be banned. Uh, I think, you know, we have there's a lot of social media that's doing uh, that's, you know, messing with people's privacy, and I think some of the panic about TikTok is a little bit is a bit overblown, and also is. Kind of, I don't know, 
kind of smacks of people trying to sort of like look the other way when American businesses, social media companies do stuff. But but this is a one that's based in China, so therefore we're therefore we're going to crack down on them. Uh, I you know I mean so I, you know I don't I don't know enough about their their ties to the to the Chinese government or whatever. But I feel like I feel like there's a lot of people who want TikTok to fail because it's a competitor. Uh, sure, sure. And, and and uh but you know like everybody else they have to be held to account yep and it looks like that is exactly what happened here well that is our show thank you to those of you who joined us live and uh we're chatting along in the chat room tonight if you would like to join us live in the future normally sunday night at 9 p.m eastern you can go to f5live.tv slash join us uh, if you're not able to join us live, that's okay. Uh, PlugKidsLive.com slash subscribe. Uh, you can see all of our shows and uh, all of the ways that you can watch, listen, and follow along. Of course, if you're using a particular uh, podcast app, you can always search for us there. We should be uh, wherever you are. If you don't find us, let us know. We'll make sure uh, that we get ourselves over there as well. Um, yeah, I, I think that does it for tonight. So... On behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you back next time. Ciao.